0: Oh, I'd always say that when we bring in uh, Dennis Stewart for Health and Natural, we're ready to fire up on a Friday. But uh, Dennis, you assure me that we may very well just do that today. You'll uh, you tackle a couple of herbs and you will also promised we'll be a little bit controversial.
1: Oh, yes. Look, I was thinking about this before I left home this morning. We're going to take up some topics that we started last week. But I was saying to myself in preparing some uh, ideas, um, I wonder why in mainstream medicine is not using some of this material. And I thought a lot about it, and I think there's some provocative statements to make as to why mainstream medicine hasn't gone herbal.
0: All right, so uh, <laughs> going herbal will get provocative, <laughs> will get controversial. Good afternoon, Robert at Maitland. Your arthritis in the next giving you some dramas, Rob. Yes, it is,
2: actually, yeah.
1: Hello, Robert. Anyway,
2: good afternoon, Dennis. How
1: are you? I'm well. How can we help you?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I've been having trouble... Sleeping of the night, mm-hmm. i wake up about midnight or two o'clock, and neck, bad neck, and it goes up and gives me a headache. Anyway, okay. I've been to the chiropractor, yes, and he's um uh taking taking uh X-rays and whatnot, and he said there's you know a bit of arthritis in the neck, and he's given me a bit of a workout. It's a lot better, but yes. um uh, uh just wondering, I. I've I'll
1: listen
2: to you when I can, and I uh, picked up turmeric. Yes. I've started
1: taking that. Do you yes. think that's a, a okay. good idea? um Has there been any mention um, by your doctor or your chiropractor that what you've got is, is a developing osteoarthritic condition? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and seemingly it's in its fir- a fairly early stages, so I think there's some real possibilities for you here. But before I yes. talk about a few things, one thing that I've learnt is that uh, when you go to bed you've got to make sure that you've got the right bed and that you've got the right pillow. Uh, yeah, because well, I believe that um, the, the way we sleep and the relative uh, comfort of, uh, of the bed and the pillow have a bearing upon uh, pain and development of pain and stiffness in the body. Now I'm not yeah. going to elaborate there but uh, from my own experience. I know, and my wife would uh, vouch for this: that uh, a comfortable bed, and equally importantly, uh, the correct pillows. And it might be just one pillow or two pillows, but that's fund in my opinion uh, that is fundamental uh, to addressing something like this. To get into a situation where, uh, in your sleep, you're not going to have the body in in a position uh, that, if you like, stiffens or aggravates. A developing problem, but that's by the by. Um, I'm glad you've sought some um, physical therapy. Um, The chiropractors, the osteopaths have established their role in society. They do a really good job, and I support them. What I would uh, encourage you, however, and, and your chiropractor may well have done this, but I would suggest that you discuss with your chiropractor or initiate yourself a consultation with a remedial masseur or masseuse. That is someone who uh, spends a lot more time on, on soft tissue, uh, overcomes a lot of uh, muscular spasm that is resident around the area that is developing the osteo and I have for years recommended to many of my patients and listeners that a, a regular visit to a masseur or a masseuse to have um, if you like ongoing a uh, therapy particularly to keep the muscles and the tissues in a loose and healthy state is pretty well foundational to good uh, management of uh, mild and developing pain and stiffness. So take that on board. But coming back to your point about what you might be able to do, if it's a developing osteoarthritic condition and it's in its early stages, as you say it is, uh, using uh, curcumin, uh, curcumin is the active principle extracted from the, the, from the herb turmeric. Uh, turmeric on its own can be useful, but you have to take a fair whack of the uh, turmeric, the dried turmeric, in order to get the level of curcumin that uh, is required to initiate uh, a mild analgesic and a mild anti-inflammatory action. So um, I think you're on the right track by using a turmeric-based product, but it's critical that you, in my opinion, that you use a product that is standardized around Uh, a high level of curcumin and you'd be best to discuss that uh, with your pharmacist or your health food store proprietor. But having said that, uh, my belief is based on my own development of my own product uh, Glucosaplex that the use of glucosamine and chondroitin has a good track record worthy of consideration and worthy of a trial particularly in the early stages of this condition, and particularly for osteoarthritis. So you're on the right track with with a curcumin product or a tuberic product. Uh, That will address any uh, low level of inflammation and provide a degree of mild analgesic action. But if I were you, I'd go very strongly in the direction of a uh, glucosamine-based product that has uh, some uh, chondroitin with it, uh, and work with that, keeping in mind, and I say this to all listeners who are using glucosamine-based products, the literature uh, talks about having to be on it for about three months to make uh, a good estimate of what it's going to do for you. Uh, some people go on to a product um, like Glucosaplex or other brands and say, oh, I took it for a week or so and I didn't get much relief. That's not the way it works. Glucosamine, chondroitin needs to be persevered with and uh, working with it for a number of months. Uh, I concur with that because that's been my experience in prescribing it. So you're on the right track. Physical therapy, consider massage. Uh, Curcumin, yes. A glucosamine and chondroitin based product, also a a very, very good start.
0: All right. uh, Best of luck with all of that, Robert. And from a Mm. taste perspective, Dennis. How good is turmeric? I put that stuff on everything.
1: Well, of course, turmeric is the basis of curry. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. It's the basis of curry. You could talk literally all day about turmeric. It is one of those foods that's even being put forward by um, investigators, scientists that are looking at the relationship of various foods in the diet and the way in which they may influence the development of certain cancers. What has been shown, and I just mentioned this in seeing we've raised the topic of uh, turmeric, it, it, what has been noticed is that in countries such as India, for instance, where curry is part and parcel of, of their daily uh, eating, um, they've noticed that certain cancers, particularly cancer of the bowel, <clears throat> seems to be much less than what it is in Anglo countries where the eating of that particular spice uh, is not that popular, although it is developing popularity, as you would note. So, um, but is, it,
0: is it my place? I can tell you. Oh, yeah, look, I,
1: I love the stuff. So it's one of those foods, and here, by the way, listeners, we're talking about the use of turmeric as opposed to using curcumin, which is an extract from it. Turmeric, the food, in a book entitled Foods That Fight Cancer is put forward forward as one of those foods that should play a prominent role in the diet, particularly for its potential benefits uh, in lessening the incidence of certain cancers. No one is saying, by the way, that this is a cancer cure, that's stupid. But two famous Canadians uh, wrote a book, Foods That Fight Cancer, uh, which I've lectured from uh, quite enthusiastically, a a text with credible clinical and scientific information in it. And in that book, they go through a number of foods, one of which is turmeric, where they make a good case for saying that this food can be seen as one of those foods that they put forward as a food that might fight cancer.
0: (sighs) You did promise, Dennis, that you would get a little bit um, oh, controversial. A little, radical. Bit, little bit radical.
1: No, certainly not as radical as I was in my younger days. I
0: always try and press you to bring in a <laughs> photograph of you in the swinging 60s oh, okay. where you were
1: part of the hippie movement. Borderline communists. Oh, yeah, we were, right there. We were, we were yeah. right there. Yeah, I was there, mate. I was there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Good thing that you've changed at least one component. of it. Oh,
1: well, um, but, mellowed perhaps.
0: But you never bring those photos in, so I reckon... Well, I'll
1: surprise you one day.
0: Just out of the blue, I'll have forgotten about it, and you'll be like, here, what do you think of this? And I'll be like, who is that cool dude with a pair of bell-bottom pants with colours all over them? And You'd be well, surprised. Probably would be. You'd be surprised. All right, Dennis, you did, you did mention yeah, it, look, so where do you want to take it from okay,
1: here? Okay, look, last week we spoke um, for some length... Um, about the herb camomile and the discussion started because weeks before you were probably doing the program mark weeks before uh, a gentleman rang in to say that he was a chronic sufferer of hiccups that he had i do been, remember that he, he, that's right mm-hmm. now hiccups could be embarrassing but his uh seemingly had gone on unmitigated for about three years yep and um I gave a lot of thought to it, and I suggested to him, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, that give chamomile a go, because chamomile has remarkable properties as a spasmolytic in the gut. A lot of conditions that are characterized by spasm are helped with chamomile, a very underrated herb chamomile is. Anyway, a couple of weeks ago, my receptionist came in before I started practice one Thursday morning and said, look... Mr. So-and-so rang in to say that as a result of taking your advice and using chamomile, he is now free of his hiccups and just wants to say thank you. That encouraged me to think, why aren't some of these herbs used increasingly by the mainstream? Um, In this situation, um, the, the herb was a bit of a, how can you call it, try it there was no guarantee but it helped but it caused me to think about the real potential that is latent in in herbs and here is a herb that in in continental Europe particularly in Germany it would be popularly prescribed and used and recommended by pharmacists medical practitioners and naturopathic people it is part and parcel of their health uh, prescribing it's not an unusual substance it is a herb why is it uh, that a herb such as this, which has remarkable properties, we're talking about medical properties, as extolled in that great text written by the, the, the um, German doctor, Dr. Rudolf Weiss, his English translation of herbal medicine. I mention it again to those listen to, who listen to the program, a must-read for those that want a credible, uh, modern explanation of how herbs work. Why is it, why is it that in Anglo countries... Herbs are still looked on with suspicion, with almost disdain, and with a a sort of a a jocular um, uh, approach to them. And I thought a lot about it. A lot, Mark, I am convinced of the way in which the culture of Anglo countries has worked against our taking up of traditional medicine as seriously as it has been in European countries that hang on to there are many, many, many hundreds of years of culture.
0: So, so you mentioned that there could be that cultural yep. divide there. Yep. What is the what's the thing that is okay. not allowing us to flip the switch and making it mainstream?
1: Well, well, I think particularly, and this is an opinion and it's a bit radical, um, Lynn Payer wrote a book called Medicine and Culture, and I used it in my lecturing days, I think it's mandatory reading, by the way, to any medical student, uh, and for anyone studying the the health sciences. And she put forward the difference in um, worldview, the difference in emphases in various cultures, in Germany, in France, and in Anglo cu- cultures. In Anglo culture, the uh, uh, explanation is that it is a much more mechanistic culture. Uh, the regard for tradition is not as strong and the practice of medicine has become increasingly dominated by what I refer to as Big Farm. In other words, and this is a radical opinion, um, the disdain for traditional medicine has led to a situation where all that, in my opinion, all that is being seen and taught in medical schools, and and I, I would welcome contradiction to this, is a system of medicine based on what I refer to as Big Farm offers to um, Western students of medicine, particularly in Anglo cultures. Hence, the information, the valuable information that, uh, that I have been working with and, um, and developing over my 40, my wife tells me it's more like 45 years now, uh, that still goes, largely unappreciated. It hasn't found its way into teaching faculties. Uh, it is still not recommended to patients and clients. GPs uh, know nothing or very little about the recommendation of chamomile tea for functional gut conditions. Uh, they've very, very, uh, they very—they lack knowledge as, as far as the, the use of herbs like peppermint is concerned. There's some recognition for it. These are major remedies for the gut, which in more traditional European countries would be part and parcel of the mainstream, but there is no money in it for big farm. No money in it for Big Farm. And and we, in I believe, and this is radical, uh, I believe that uh, the system of medicine that now is practised in English-speaking countries particularly is an expression of Big Farm's captivity.
0: Back into the course now. G'day, Rob. You're at Belmont, and uh, fatigue is your issue, Rob. Yeah, good afternoon, Mark and
1: Dennis. Hello, Rob. Um, tell me about your fatigue, Rob. Um, how long have you have been experiencing it and what started it?
2: Um, I have presented at your uh, rooms at uh, New Lantern and you've described me as uh, astralisally. Uh, yes. Um, uh, but basically I've got two questions for you today. Yes. Um, I, unfortunately I didn't follow up with that and um, I sort of... Uh, uh, I think I've got some benefits from that. I lost my job or something
1: that
2: I couldn't return to uh, see you again. Um, can I still purchase that from you or do, do I, can I get it from Warner's Pay as well?
1: I don't know about that, but I've always said that the products that I talk about on radio. If they can't be sourced by your local supplier, they can always be picked up from my rooms at New Lambton.
0: All right, best of luck with all of that, Rob. Thank you so much. As we uh, head to Patterson for Michael, and uh, Michael, bodybuilding is your thing. So so how ripped are you, Michael? Ripped to shreds? Is Mark. Is this, is this <laughs> Arnie 2.0 we're talking to?
2: <laughs> uh, mate, uh, hopefully. In my mind, I think so, but maybe not. <laughs> okay,
1: so you're, you're into bodybuilding, are you, Michael? I am. I'm
2: currently... Unnatural, um, but I'm wanting to go back to being natural because you feel a lot better, and yeah, I'm just sort of worried about the
0: some of the side effects I might get, considering I've been taking it for uh, okay. around three or four years, like with regular blood work, so
1: okay what what I would be um, uh, contemplating as uh, very safe uh, substances, particularly herbs that could be used to um, improve the health of the body, to make the body more resistant to fatigue and to assist it in its digestive and metabolic processes. There are a couple of herbs that I have uh, studied and recommended to people that uh, want to support their physical activity, whether it be bodybuilding, whether it be football or any other sport where the body has to be in peak condition. I think herbs have a role to play there and a couple of herbs that I have uh, studied and strongly recommend. Number one, I'm a great fan of the regular use of Korean ginseng and I believe that a lot of these...
0: Creatine, was that, sorry?
1: uh, Of of Korean ginseng. Ah, Korean ginseng,
0: yep,
2: I
1: haven't heard of that one. Botanically known as Panax. Um, Now, there are a number of ginsengs, but Panax ginseng, which is... Uh, commonly known as Korean ginseng, is is readily available these days and is not that expensive. is a low dose supplement. It's approved by government, um, and it's safe when it is used, particularly in in the in the, with its dosage recommendation. It is, I believe, one of the most useful things for the body in resisting fatigue, uh, yep. maintaining uh, healthy cardiovascular functioning, and yep. su- and supporting all those metabolic functions of the body that allow it to be called, as it is called in Asia, an anti-ageing herb, an anti-ageing herb. Why is I this? like the sound of that. Uh, well, I've actually seen... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have actually sat down and had a, a dinner in Perth probably 20 years ago with a, with a gentleman that was in Perth. He was the um, father of one of the doctors that was attending my seminar And we got talking during the night and he knew that I was interested in herbs and he started talking about herbs and as the night uh, went on and he had a few drinks and I had a few drinks I popped the question to him and said look how old are you because this was a guy that his, his skin was perfect he had all of his hair jet black hair was articulate excellent in the in the English language that he used because he was a Chinese Malaysian and was a businessman in Malaysia. And the following morning was to fly back to Malaysia as the personal <laughs> guest of Dr. Mahatia. And he said, and I can never forget it, I scour the world for the best sing when I asked oh. him what his, what his secret was. And he said to me, how old do you think I am? And uh, I said, oh, you know, 74, something like that. He nearly yep. fall, fell off the chair. He said, I'm 86. <laughs> Eighty-six. Well, so there's
0: a bloke I work with that's he's like that. Like okay. I'm, I'm thirty, I'm thirty-two. Yep. I don't look too bad. Yep. But he, he's fifty-five year old, yep. and he looks younger than me. Well, not, not, no wrinkles. He, no, he, no. <laughs> he,
1: he he might know a little bit about ginseng. I've spoken about it on this program before. You yep. Google it and look at the way in which it is considered to mm. be one of the supplements that that, that most uh, Chinese and and Korean athletes use when they're performing. Yes. Now, the other herb that I have uh, regard for is the herb called saw palmito. And that, that, is a, palmito. That, that is a herb that is readily available and um, has some um, what are called androgenic properties. It's popularly yep. used in, in male health problems and yep. is, is a herb that uh, is used particularly by um, elderly men such as myself to maintain the healthy functioning of the prostate gland. But apart from that, it has a history of being used as a herb to support the body. Uh, And there is some chemistry that's behind encouraging it to be used as a herb in the context of promoting fitness and a healthy uh, physical uh, condition. And there is another herb also, the third one that I'll mention, and that is the herb called sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla, sarsaparilla, Smilax is its botanical name, and you yeah, have you, a drink. Yeah, well, it is the basis of a drink, but it also yeah. is the basis of many fitness powders, yep. because again, if you look at its chemistry, you will find that it has certain uh, steroidal characteristics, what we call phytosterols, which yep. are considered to be useful. In supporting the body and resisting a lot of the processes that cause fatigue and weariness and tiredness, there are three oh, herbs well. that I would be recommending, which I have used myself over the years, and um, they could be factored in, I believe, in a program. How did you, how did you spell that second one that you? Sarsaparilla, S-A-R. No, no, the, one, the one one before that. Oh, S-A-W. Saw, and then palmetto yep. or palmetto, P-A-L-M-E-T-O double t o yeah. perfect. Right. You, you a have a look at them, you Google them, and, uh, and see the potential in those for your purpose of trying to get your body doing a bit better.
0: All right, Michael, yep. best of luck with that in the bodybuilding. It's, and last call before we let you go, uh, Michael, bodybuilding, we mentioned Arnie. Can you just give us an Arnie impression before you... Leave. Oh, I'm sure I'll be back. <laughs> I'll too. <do. laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Uh, now, Dennis, I, I didn't. Thanks, my Dennis, I didn't know where you were going with that uh, little, little anecdote before. You know, we had it. We, we were having dinner and a couple of bottles of wine led to yeah. a bit more. And yeah. then I popped the question. I thought. <laughs> Hello. Mention well, how, how good the, 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 it was looking. I'm thinking. Oh, just, you uh, learn something every day and health naturally, don't was, you?
1: That was a great conversation. I have used it so frequently. Um, to explain an obvious example of someone who was ageing well, beautifully, and he put it down to his scouring the world, which meant in his uh, situation he would pay a team of foragers. Uh, When he went back to China once a year from Malaysia, he would pay a team of foragers to take him to the remote parts of China where ginseng still grew naturally. And he would select uh, a rhizome of uh, the herb, have it prepared and bring it back, and that would last in the year. How good's that? Yeah.
0: Good afternoon, Peter at West Walls End. Thanks for hanging on, Peter. Rheumatoid arthritis is what you want to have a chat to Dennis about today, Peter.
2: Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Um, good
1: afternoon, Peter. Just a
2: quick comment on, um, on herbs and spices. Uh, why don't Anglo-Saxons use it? Well,
1: didn't the church say it was witchcraft? <laughs> it goes. It's worse than that. What I would say here is some aspects of, of established um, churchianity have been very, very cruel towards those that practiced uh, herbal medicine. And in Salem in the US, uh, that was evidenced by some of these old cranky... Um, ritualistic dogmatic uh, fundamentalists burning burning many women because these women had the gift of healing and they were considered as such to be devilish and they burnt the poor individuals and these were these were women that were definitely gifted who were practicing Christians but didn't fit the mold of some of these fanatical uh, people that have won warped interpretation of the faith and look i have no problems in saying i'm a practicing christian no problem at all but there are aspects about christianity which make me very 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 sad and uh, fortunately there's a strand of what i call primitive christianity which reflects the teachings of jesus and the gospel where I can assure you none of that nonsense of calling herbs witchcraft and birding women is countenance. Now, I know where you're coming from, Peter, and I have great sympathy with the, with the points you're making.
0: All right. Just so that we absolutely yes. get your uh, question, if you've only got about two minutes left, Peter, oh, okay. the, arth- yeah, the arthritis, I'll, I'll what's... Start. Yeah, go for it. What's happening? Um,
2: I, uh, I read an article by the Mayo Clinic in, yes. uh, in America yes. in relation to rheumatoid arthritis, yes. and some of the article mentioned that... Uh, Rheumatoid arthritis was caused by the lack of a of a um, amino acid called aspartate, and the uh, and it was the breakdown of the mitochondrial wall in the T cell. So I've uh, I've managed to get some ZMA, which is zinc magnesium aspartate, and I've been taking that for a while. But I was wondering if there's anything else along that lines that you've heard of or know about.
1: Okay, look, that's getting into an area, Peter, uh, that I'm not really um, that well versed in. Um, what I, what my standby recommendations for people that are battling rheumatoid arthritis as opposed to osteoarthritis is still based on high doses of the fish oils, high doses of them, low doses, wasting your time, and to use uh, some of the herbal anti-inflammatories that I've mentioned today, good standardized dosages of curcumin, and don't overlook what the British herbal pharmacopeia says about the value of the oldest uh, known uh, herbal anti-inflammatory, which is willow bark. So a little bit removed from where you're looking, and I wish you well in it, but there's some things that I, I recommend to people who have rheumatoid arthritis, particularly where they're coming down from stronger drugs.
0: All right. Best of luck with all of that, Peter. Thank you for your call, and indeed everybody else that uh, had uh, something to offer today, Dennis. We went all around the place. We, start, uh, we did. We, we did. We but
1: there. we missed out on talking about lemon balm and peppermint. But we'll t- we'll take it up again next week. We won't be quite as radical. You wound me up too much today, Mark. I
0: didn't, didn't. I did no such thing. I did. I, I just. I just said you. Um. You always promised to bring in a photo from the swing. That will happen. Okay. Happen. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll wait. Okay. All right. That's uh, health naturally done, Dennis. Thank you for your time. We'll Take talk care. to you next Friday morning. Friday afternoon, I should say. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Two NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at Two nurfmcom